people of Earth and Spotify listeners, welcome to this week's longer than normal flashback fun and news mini episode. Happy birthday today to Hope Hannafin, Family Guy and the Orville creator Seth MacFarlane, Victory is Mine, politician Hillary Clinton, game show host Pat Sajak, Carrie Alwes, and Keith Urban. Today is the debut uh, anniversary for 1984's The Terminator. Queen and David Bowie's 1981 song, Under Pressure, the 2018 Netflix show, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, 1998's The Lion King 2, Simba Pride, the 2015 TV show, Supergirl, 2014's Interstellar, 2007's Dan in Real Life, Katy Perry's 2010 song, Firework, Keila Saddle's this is me song from 2017's The Greatest Showman, Lady Gaga's 2009 song Bad Romance, 2015 song in mean, 2015 San Andreas, and 2001's 13 Ghost and Downey Darko. Tomorrow, former President Theodore Roosevelt, Kelly Osborne, and John Cleese have birthdays. Now, if you excuse the rubbish, bad Englishy voice for a few seconds, hark. October 27th, Doth Market being 20 and 5 years ago, since the debut of Baz Luhrmann's Romeo plus Juliet, his modern take on Shakespeare's tale of anguish, love, and woe, starring Claire Danes and Leonardo DiCaprio. Along with that film, 1955's Rebel Without a Cause, 2006's Saw Three. 2017's Suburbicon and Jigsaw, 1995's Leaving Las Vegas, The Little Vampire in 2000, and 2016's Assassin's Creed all debuted as well. Now, before we get into this week's flashback fun, I have some news, both good and bad. First, the bad. Hollywood is still reeling from the October 21st onset accidental shoot accidental shooting death of cinematographer Helena Hutchins, which also seriously hospitalized Russ director Joe Souza. The incident has the industry screaming for safer working conditions. NYTimes.com stated earlier today there's a new lead as to how the fake gun, supposedly filled with blanks, became filled with real bullets. The website said it had been used that morning by crew members to shoot cans for fun, a report said Tuesday. Just hours before the fatal shooting, a group of crew members had taken the firearm to go planking, a hobby in which people shoot at beer cans with live ammunition, amid production of the Alec Baldwin flick Rust in Santa Fe, an insider told the rap. Production sources had previously revealed that the gun had been used for off-the-clock target practice, which could explain how a live round ended up in its chamber, TMZ reported. One source on set claimed that when authorities arrived following the deadly shooting Thursday, they found live ammo and flank rounds stored in the same area that had been the site of the target practice. Sadly, Hutchins wasn't the only death over the past few days. The cast of Friends lost one of their own Sunday. When 59-year-old Friends star James Michael Tyler lost his battle with pancreatic cancer, Friends fan knew him 
as Central Park Cafe worker Gunter, who had a massive, unrequited crush on Jennifer Aniston's Rachel. Variety.com reported the news Sunday, saying, Tyler died peacefully in his Los Angeles home. The actor was diagnosed with advanced prostate cancer in September 2018. Tyler shared his story earlier this year on Today. He also worked as a campaigner for individuals with prostates to get a first blood test as early as 40 years old. Michael's loved ones knew him as an actor, a musician, cancer awareness advocate, and loving husband. His manager said in a statement, Michael loved live music, cheering on his Clemson Tigers, and would often find himself in fun and unplanned adventures. If you met him once, you made a friend for life. Dubbed by many as the seventh friend, the actor was in a series mainstay, first appearing as a background character in the second episode of Friends and returning as a guest star across the remainder of its 10-year run. He is the most frequently recurring guest star across the series. Tyler also made an appearance via a video conference on the HBO Max special Friends, The Reunion, earlier this year. 66-year-old Emmy-winning actor Peter Scolari, known for his roles on New Heart and Bosom Bodies, passed Friday after a battle with cancer. Rest in peace. In other not-so-great news, Yahoo.com revealed October 24th, singer-songwriter Ed Sheeran on Sunday announced he had tested positive for COVID and would COVID-19 and would be self-isolating his home five days before he's scheduled to release his fourth studio album. Hey guys, Sharon wrote on an Instagram, Sunday Instagram post, quick note to tell you that I've sadly tested positive for COVID, so I'm now self-isolating and following government guidelines. He added, it means that I'm now unable to plow ahead with any personal commitments for now, so I'll do, be doing many of my planned interviews, performances I can from my house, Apologies to anyone I've let down. Be safe, X. Sharon's upcoming album titled Equals is scheduled to be released on October 29th. In way better news, Jamie Chung and her husband Brian Greenberg are parents to twins. Greenberg announced the news Sunday on Instagram. Podcaster Amanda Knox announced October 22nd she had her daughter, Eureka Muse Knox Robinson, months ago. Singer-songwriter Jesse McCartney and actress Katie Pearson became husband and wife Saturday. Two months after she got engaged, Meta Walker is now married. Ian Lyme reported Friday the 22-year-old model and daughter of the late Paul Walker took to Instagram on October 22nd to reveal she's married. We're married! She wrote alongside a black and white video of their special day on the beach. Yes, we are, Louie commented. A source tells E! News that Fast and Furious star Vin Diesel, who's Meadow's godfather, walked her down the aisle in place of her dad, who died in 2013. Co-star Jordana Brewster was also in attendance for the Oceanside ceremony and was seeing Hung in the Veiled Bride. Star Wars fans are shouting with delight. The HollywoodReporter.com declared two days ago, looks like the incoming Obi-Wan Kenobi series isn't the only place we'll see Han Christian Andersen's Anakin Skywalker and or Darth Vader. The Hollywood Reporter has learned he'll also show up in Osaka, 
the series focusing on Rosario Dawson's Jedi warrior, Asako Tano. The show, which was confirmed during the same day that the Mouse House formally announced Christensen as Pars Kenobi, comes from the Mandalorian co-creator David Dave Filoni and will continue the adventures of Tano, who honed her skills as a Padawan of Anakin. She originated in the Clone Wars and Rebels and appeared in Episode 5 of The Mandalorian Season 2, The Jedi. How Anakin slash Vader will figure into the new series, which is set five years after he died, is still a mystery. Congrats to all. On to flashback fun. As it's Halloween Sunday, I have a horror triple header for this week's flashback fun. All suggested by Miss Cassie Laughlin of High Anderson. since she loves horror films and loves seeing me squirm when I talk about them. These tri- this trio is so well known that none of them need recaps. Now, what would a fl- Halloween flashback be without taking a look to the taking a look back to the very first Halloween? Director John Carpenter, who also composed the creepy score, changed the horror genre forever when Halloween, starring Donald Pleasance, PJ Souls, and then unknown Jamie Lee Curtis, psycho star Vivian Leigh's daughter, introduced the world to mass killer Michael Myers and the tormented Laurie Strode, October 25, 1978. The film literally turned 43 years old yesterday. It hacked up a total of 70 million victims worldwide, including 47 here in the States, becoming one of history's most profitable independent films. It created an enormous franchise, including a video game, comic book series, novelization, and tons of films, including a 2007 remake and its 2009 sequel, neither of which nobody really talks about. The 11th entry, which served as a direct sequel to the, a direct sequel to the original film, that erased the previous sequels was released in 2018. A sequel to that film, Halloween Kills, just came out and Halloween Ends, which will have a four-year time jump, slashes its way to theaters October 14, 2022. The late Tobe Hooper, who passed in 2017, was known for giving the world 1974's The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the 2000 directive video horror film Crocodile, 1981's Bonhouse, the 1979 TV miniseries Salem's Lot, which will be coming a movie next year, among others. But he was also responsible for helming the supernatural horror movie, the Chicago Critics Films, the Chicago Film Critics Association called The Scariest Movie, the 20th Scary Movie Ever Made, 1982's Poltergeist, starring Joe Beth Williams, Craig T. Nelson, Heather O'Rourke, and Beatrix Strait, the June 4th, 1982 horror classic, originally created by Steven Spielberg as a horror follow-up to 1977's Close Encounters of the Third Kind, called Dark Skies, scared up 121.7 million in theaters. The film, 1982's eighth highest earner, was up for three Oscars, Best Original Score, Best Sound Effects Editing, and Best Visual Effects. Two sequels, 1986's Poltergeist to the Other Side and 1988's Poltergeist 3, 
and a 2015 remake, which no one really talks about because it wasn't a success, followed in its ghostly wake. Did you know that Heather O'Rourke, who plays Carolyn Freeling, and Dominic Dune, who played Dana Freeling, are buried in the same cemetery? Westwood Memorial Park in Los Angeles. 22-year-old Dane was strangled by her ex-boyfriend in the driveway of her West Hollywood home on October 30th, 1982, and having been declared brain dead, died four days later, never regaining consciousness. On February 1st, 1988, O'Rourke died of intentional stenosis at the age of 12. And Poltergeist score and special effects were both up for Oscars, but lost to Steven Spielberg's bigger film, a little film called E.T., the extraterrestrial, in both categories. And for the last of the trio, we have the first adaptation of Stephen King's... Of Stephen King's supernatural horror film, Pet Cemetery, starring Dale Midkiff, Denise Crosby, Blaze Birdall, and Fred Gwynn, and Miko Hughes. It was adapted from King's 1983 novel of the same name, and it frightened 57.5 million from moviegoers' wallets. Its sequel, Pet Cemetery 2, which referred to the first film, but focused on new characters, rose from the grave in 1992, but had a very dismal box office and reviews. A remake was released in 2019, and a prequel series is in development for Paramount+. Plus. Did you know that this is the only Pet Cemetery movie Stephen King has a cameo in? He plays the minister at the funeral at the 41-minute mark. That's all for this week, folks. Be sure to tune in to 90.7 WKKL around 1 p.m.-ish Thursday for the return of the show on the airways. Facebook fans and Spotify listeners, don't worry. I will still be recording the break and putting those on those platforms. Until then, my minions, stay safe, wash your hands, wear your mask, and watch lots of movies and DVDs, whether they're in the theaters, if you can get to them safely, on DVD, or on a streaming platform. Bye!